Say goodbye to July and with it a Mississippi State summer because preseason football is about to begin for the Bulldogs. Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray, and we're back for another edition of the Doghouse, the last preseason edition. Well, maybe not the last. We might have more to talk about during this week, and we certainly will pick up the pace of these podcasts as training camp gets going. Reporting day is Thursday. Practice starts Friday. Football is here and upon us. Yep, here we are about to begin the the, uh, third most anticipated week of our football calendar. (laughs) I say there's third. There's opening game week, of course, and more. So the early signing day week, which is a bulldog beast of its own. In fact, sometimes I'm just not sure which ranks higher in quite a few Mississippi State circles. Well, for me as a media member, ready to do some reporting, Reporting on Bulldog players and the start of preseason practicing pegs the meter. Now, not mine that I've always enjoyed this. Honesty required. I once joked with a now-retired head trainer that if ever I retired, and no, I don't intend to if you wonder, as long as they'll pay me to sit and watch a ball game, I'll be watching ball games. Anyway, if I did retire, the last place I would ever be found afterwards would be a football practice. That's based on uh, quite a few decades of standing around watching it happen. It was a joke. Seriously, while camp will be a grind to cover by mid-August, this is important stuff. I won't go so far as to say that the games are definitively won or lost in August. I will state absolutely games can be lost in preseason if the team does not attend to every bit of its business. So, let's get to work. As noted, reporting day is officially Thursday, which uh, nowadays means just showing up for another afternoon at the SEAL Complex. You see, most of the roster, maybe even all the roster, has been around for the summer, certainly second summer semester, and even if not in actual classes, they've been in town. Guys simply don't go home much anymore for summers, and why should they, with a place of their own to stay, friends to fraternize with, and scholarship aid money in their pockets, increasingly NIL money in their pockets too. That's a topic for another podcast. Well, finals are Wednesday and Thursday for those who are still attending to their academics. Grades aren't due out until the 8th, but thankfully, fellows generally know if they are in solid standing already. I mean, wouldn't that be an ultimate pain to get a couple of days deep into camp before being pulled aside and and excused for flunking out or something? I only throw this in as a reminder that they are, after all, still regarded as student-athletes. How much longer? Well, that depends on what happens when, not if, but when the NCAA goes away entirely. Oh, and if any of you are wondering, fall classes begin on August 17th. So, there's a dozen days for football work before showing up for the first 8 a.m. class. Bless you, boys. So, which of those dozen days will be practice dates? We're supposed to get a full schedule, possibly today, certainly by tomorrow, of the first practice weekend and week. We do know that the initial session will be 2 p.m. on Friday, and by that time, Y'all listening to this know that we ought to have a completed week one lineup, including when we media can hear from Mike Leach himself, as well as his coordinators and position coaches. As for dates, y'all could come see this for yourself. Well, that's pending. You know, Coach Leach is amenable to opening practices, at least as far as media is concerned, as long as we abide by a few basic and obvious rules regarding injuries and absences and such. There's also the matter of simple good taste and good sense. What I mean by that is don't put out reports, either social media or stories or video clips, 
that would place a player or coaches unintentionally, or you know, in some cases these days, media intentionally, anyway, a poor light. What I'm getting at is Leach is not nearly so protective of practices as most of his peers. Uh, There are some training camps out there that approach uh, KGB gulag levels of security. Leach doesn't really care that much about it. He's an, an unusual bird in so many regards. Well, this is one of them, and this should play to Mississippi State's favor. Again, as long as we media don't get stupid out there, and especially don't get in the way, and I will put that out as a note, too, for any fans allowed to attend practices, keep your distance. I say that not because you're going to see something you shouldn't, although that's always possible, or hear something you oughtn't report on. I say it for safety reasons. Those guys fly around, even if they're not wearing helmets, and generally they are. They simply are not looking for you. They're taking it just like a game where if you run off the sidelines catching a pass or chasing a receiver or running back and you smack over a booster who's come with his kid to watch a little practice, well, that's on you. And that's what you try to avoid as well. So just show some common sense out of there and uh, don't get us all thrown out. Okay, that... uh, that, that on the record, that gripe, you know, as attested by my, many of our own network peers, we who cover Bulldog football have really got it good. I mean, it's never going to be like the old days, you know, when we had near total access to training camp and to the personnel. And if I dare want one constructive critique, and I say this with all good intentions, our fans would enjoy hearing more and more often from certain personnel, such as the strength staff. I believe the Iron Dogs have returned that uh, award system. I'd like to talk to Coach Tyson Brown about that. I'd like to talk to the recruiting staff outside of real season activities, what's going on, especially in the aftermath of Top Dog Camp, which we'll be talking about in a moment. It's just a suggestion. I'm not griping. I know the world's very much changed, and some of this stuff has to stay safely off the record or not even discussed at all. But I throw that out because... Frankly, you're getting into an era also where you got to convince people more and more to come watch the ball games, come watch the team. you got to whip up that preseason enthusiasm. Lord knows the SEC media is not doing it for us, so we here at Mississippi State are more than happy to help out if you give us material to report on and to publicize. And Leach, again, is amenable to all this. He doesn't mind, and we're glad to help. And we'll critique where there's critiquing to be done. But the word is simply needs to be out there to tell you that this is going to be a good football team. And we need reinforcement in fall practices to give some specifics about why it's going to be a good team. I can already give you some reasons based on experience and staffing, petition depth, um, how the guys are growing up, getting familiar with things. But you need to hear it more from the players and coaches themselves. And that's what we're here to do with our crew at Gene's Page. Anyway, worlds have changed in a lot of regards, like we can't shoot pictures in the weight room or watch a lot of the summer training stuff of that. But you know what's also changed? The entire thrust of training camp. You know, last week I talked about it on air with our friend and cohort, Matt Wyatt. Uh, Thanks to one good NCAA idea of the last generation, getting guys on scholarship aid for summer school, players are in practice and in some sense even game shape from the day they report. There's no need to get everyone up to speed anymore. In fact, heaven help any healthy dog who is not ready to hit the practice field full blast on Friday. And you know, if the contact with your position coaches in summer is still restricted pretty tightly by the NCAA regulations, as long as they last, 
every player still has the updated playbook on his little uh, computer thingy for personal studies and even putting into informal practices in June and July. It's true, the big guys may not benefit as much from this because they still need in-person coaching to hone their footwork, hand placements, reads, recognitions, calls, and such. But the throwers, the catchers, the runners, and the coverers, they can certainly mimic practice on their own energies. And need we mention that kickers can get out there and boot away every day, all day? My point being, come Friday, you show up ready to practice. You don't need to be knocked into shape. You don't really need to be exposed to the playbook. You've got it already. You're ready to get out there and start putting it into literal practice. So to me, that is the greatest and most positive change in these four weeks. It's entirely about practice. Now, sure, there might be one negative to this, burnout. When you turn this into a year-round task, it can strain the brain more than the body and take some of the pleasure out of practicing, much less playing football. Overall, though, it's a greater risk and, uh, sorry, it's a greater reward for the risk involved. So they'll take it. And as I said, what else are these guys going to do? Just hang out all the time? Lift weights all the time? No, they're ready to get out there and practice some. Your reward for this as a subscriber? Well, we met as a staff last week to go over our practice uh, coverage assignments. I'll be doing the notes and observations as per usual. And as always, PJ will have the depth chart duty each day. Sometimes it doesn't change a lot, but uh, that in itself is a story worth reporting that guys are locking in, taking their positions. If there are changes, he'll have that as well. Win both ways. Steve and Robbie will be helping out with the post-practice interviews and features and Mike taking the Q&A with the coaches. This year we do intend to upgrade the video content and not just guys standing in front of the MSU-approved sponsorship curtain that they bring out to practice. That's a great training for student assistants that you got to haul that thing up and down all the time. But hey, somebody's paying for that, and Mississippi State needs the money. We're also planning to put out more podcast material, and our partner CBS is looking to implement more of this with some different video material as well during the season. Oh, and for you who've been asking the last year or so, now that I'm back in town full-time for football, yes, Rose Bowl and Uncle Dave will be returning for 2022 consider yourselves warned. Well, meanwhile, before the varsity begins their camping, Leach and staff had one last weekend to host kids camp. I mean the top dog kids, summer slam kids, and all those other nifty names that coaches can come up with for such events. Sure reads good. And in the last 24 hours, so has the news per Steve and Paul. It's been reading really good with more updates to come as prospects they couldn't catch up with in person are being called. As of this recording, Saturday afternoon, there have been four new commitments, which brings the running, as well as the throwing, catching, blocking, tackling, all that, total to 13. You know, these late summer events have always been important, if not always decisive, for player and program. But I'm thinking they mean even more now, because it allows both sides to take a longer, closer look at each other. Now, sure, most, if not all, these guys... You know, it's getting harder and harder for me to call them kids. Most of these guys have been to campus before, often in fact. Uh, Mississippi State's coaches have seen them before too in various settings, in their homes, their schools, here on campus. But you know, the nature of modern recruiting is increasingly shifting towards each party evaluating the other 
in settings both on and off the field. Maybe more so the latter, if we're being honest. It's no longer enough to judge if a guy can play, whether at a position or at a high level, before issuing an offer. Okay, sure, that is the bare basic foundation, and once upon a time, that was all that really mattered, well, other than simple signability. If the guy could play, and you thought you had a chance of signing him, you offered. The thing is now, with shrinking restrictions on transferring out and in, and then doing it all over again, and if the really wide open rules the NCAA is talking about again and again and again, Coaches need to know as much as they practically can about a fella before committing a committable offer and tying down a roster spot. We've always had decommitments. Now it's practically turning into de-signings for all purposes. Sign, show up, spend a summer, a semester, then apply to the portal. Yeah, lots can happen between reporting and portal. I get that. Uh, a guy may realize that uh, he's too far down the depth chart. He may see, oh, this guy I signed with, he's way better than I am, and my chances for playing time are slim to none. He may not like his roommate. He may not like the town. He may not like the college. Things like that happen. But what I'm getting at is with the wide-open transfer opportunities now, Coaches need to use every available clue drawn from personal contacts on the campus in a setting which they control to simply judge the level of commitment from this player. And I don't mean necessarily commitment to their own school, but how committed is he to anything he does? Is he willing to take the offer and run with it, but treat it like just uh, another you know, tag to hang on his wall somewhere, another blessed kind of meme on social media sort of thing? Or is he a guy seriously interested in you? You can talk to him by phone. You can get the recruiting analyst to speak with him, all sorts of things. But sometimes you just got to look him in the eye and say, I think this kid is going to stick. There I go, calling him a kid again. And to be fair, apply every bit of this vice versa. I'm not going to pretend that college coaches aren't also keeping an eye on that same portal at the expense of overlooking solid prospects, even some of their own commitments, even some of their own signees. Oh, well, that's why they're getting paid. And I mean both sides now, thanks to NIL. Oh, speaking about that, it's worth reminding that our two-day series with Charlie Winfield of the Bulldog Initiative is still available on the site. If any of you missed it, do go back and read it for a better understanding of the whole collective process. Uh, maybe not quite a lot of specifics about who they're working with, uh, what they're being paid, because some of that's going to remain private. But I think you need to read it for a foundational understanding of what a collective is, what it isn't, how the Bulldog Initiative is marketing itself, and that's an area they certainly intend to grow in as more awareness comes and they get more staff involved doing it. And simply one foundational question, where does the money go? Who decides where the money goes, if not directly to a player, which program, all this, that, and the other? Read it. I think there's a lot of good information in there, and we'll be following up with Charlie quite often in the future about how the collective changes, about how the rules may change, uh, policies, practices, even their approaches to obtaining these deals, because basically it is serving as a middleman or woman between prospects, or I'm sorry, signed players. <laughs> I say prospects. Boy, that would be an instantly red flag. 
sign players either coming in or already on campus and hooking them up with people who want to provide NIL payments to them for the quid pro quo services rendered. Please, no mockery about the services rendered. Something has got to be done in exchange for getting that money. We'll see how that develops also. But for now, back to this recruiting class or this commitment class or whatever we want to call it today. You know, I'm looking through this list of 13 again that we have posted on our site. And uh, it's, again, 13 as of today. We just picked up a junior college wide receiver who looks to be another pretty big haul, by the way. As far as all the high school fellows, well, they're all three stars still in the big old 24-7 scoring system. Though a couple of them do look to be verging on getting that fourth star status soon if I do read the numbers rightly. Good gosh, me? Studying Cruton ratings and rankings and points and such? What has this world come to? Seriously, though, my comment of last time about uh, looking to find more big bodies, it's being addressed gradually. Another tackle-sized prospect is on the list, along with a couple of linebacker types with some size. Height more than weight, I mean, and yeah, I know. High school coaches do tend to uh, triple fudge on the heights of their players almost more than they do the kids do their own 40-yard dash times. I say this, take both with great big sacks of salt. Still, anyone listed at 6'3 or 6'2 right now has got to be at least a decent height and length to put on college muscle. So this is more good news picking those up. And, of course, the Balazar, the wide receiver from JUCO, uh, shows again that Mississippi State is really upgrading that wide receiver position. In fact, with every commitment I get on the wide receiver staff, I start thinking, that is such a deep roster right now. Maybe there'll be some uh, weeding and winnowing done by December there as well. Okay, I do fully, re- fully realize, while shaking my head, that there are more than a few folk here who would be thrilled at overstocking some positions just to improve the class's overall score. Instead of addressing depth issues at some spots and... Uh, or maybe picking up maybe some players that uh, are good for development over time at other positions. They want you to go out and grab the highest rated players possible, even if it means overloading here and underloading there. It's bizarre to my old mind, this obsession with Cruton over recruiting, but hey, to each their personal preferences, (laughs) and yeah, it does pay the bills for this site. Candor required. But do please remember the numbers, not just the obvious, obvious numbers, which are still in fact the um, overall class limit of 85 and the general limit of 25 in signing classes, which is kind of flexing for a couple of years here. But since you know that 4 times 25 does not equal 85, the limitations still exist there. So you can't just go out and overload, as could be in the old days, on the commitments. Now, the numbers I'm talking about that matter more are position numbers. Okay, let's purely hypothetically. There may and often are five excellent linebacker prospects in play at any time, any summer. Uh, Mississippi State's roster usually just needs three or four at most, and sometimes as few as two, depending on the depth chart. Now, I'm talking about true linebackers, not your oversized safeties or your undersized defensive ends. The point being, you can't take everyone, and certainly not just to boost your recruiting class score. 
which, by the way, has jumped up into the 40s and probably will climb higher with today's commitment news. I can be such a hypocrite sometimes. I'm not going to claim you can't offer everyone now because we know some programs offer, and I say offer with triple quotation marks, just about any breathing body which visits campus. And you know what? As hard as it is for me, the old guy, to admit it, maybe that's the smart way to play. And I also say that simply because prospects now, these days, they're aware offers aren't always offers. And just like, hey, their commitment is not always a commitment, well, they can work both ways, and they get it. They are so much more aware today of this recruiting stuff than their predecessors. It's amazing how much information is available to them. Maybe not wisdom, but there's a whole lot of information out there to keep track. And they know when a school is still looking for somebody at their position, maybe even some bodies at their position. And if they take that as, well, maybe this program's not totally committed to me. Why should I be totally committed to them? All is fair. So I don't judge the rights or wrongs of it because I suspect the wide open transfer availability of this new sports landscape, it alleviates any guilty feelings about playing prospects along. Because after all, in a way, they can play the program along. I'm not talking just Mississippi State. I'm talking all college programs, and I'm not just talking football. I mean every sport out there now. The kids, there I go, the kids can play the programs along, even at the cost of a year, because they're not locked into that school for their practical lifetime, thanks to the free non-redshirting transfer. Uh, For that matter, the free repeat transfer, as long as they maintain academic eligibility, which will be an issue in and of itself. For all intents and purposes, they can sign and play their present program along themselves for a year while looking for greener pastures, and I mean green as in NIL opportunities, for one thing. I'd love to and, in fact, intend to try having a quiet talk with Leach sometime about just how on earth can a coach recruit uh, who isn't a, one of those absolute elite programs which can pick and choose. And you know what? Even even those programs have some questions about the guys they're signing because their depth chart is going to be even more established and strong. So how, how does a coach recruit when you're bringing somebody in and it's no longer of can he slash she play, it's can he slash she see the benefit in staying here more than one year? Or if they stay two years, work their way up the depth chart, get in position, and then jump when you decide, okay, this guy can play, this girl can play, I'm not going to sign somebody at their position, and they're gone, and you're left with an empty depth chart. You see where I'm getting at. It works both ways in that regard, but I think the greater responsibility falls on the coaches. They can't just guess. That's where, again, these in-person camps matter more, and so will the contacts when they get out and visit them in high schools. Talk to their coaches. Talk to their teachers, the principals. Talk to anybody they can. You know, Use friends they trust to judge. What are the chances that I sign this guy, this girl, that they're going to stay around and not just develop here before jumping, but I can count on them and not have to worry about recruiting somebody or more at their positions. This transfer stuff, combined with NIL, has just thrown out all the markers. The point being, I think, simply that Mike Leach and his peers are going to have to be utterly flexible, not just year to year, I mean within the year, 
during the course of the year, spring, summer, fall, always keeping an eye on that transport, transport, <laughs> it sound like Star Trek, transfer portal, and what they can do with it. It may aid them, and it may cripple them. If the NCAA does issue what they're looking for is, as far as transfer windows for sports, because then you're locked down, but are the kids free to go and do what they want to? I think they'd just be a court case away from leaving it wide open on their end while the colleges are locked down. You see how complicated this can get. I'm sorry. I just swerved down a four-lane-sized rabbit trail there. So back to the very present situation. Summer recruiting seems solid enough for now with a half a class committed and more to come. So there's that. My own attention can now safely turn to the Varsity Bulldogs as another preseason begins. And so if I can't see y'all out there myself, then you can certainly see us reporting from Mississippi State Training Camp here our crew at Jeans Page 24-7. And that's our doghouse for this Saturday, July 30th. Again, the month is just about run out. For me, summer has just about entirely run out. I was able to use it wisely at the end to visit a lot of relatives, make some runs back to the old home turf in the free state. But now, back in town, back to work, and back to Bulldog football as another season begins taking shape, starting this Thursday with reporting and Friday with our first practice to report on. This is your host again, David Murray. Good to talk to you as always from here in the doghouse on the Believe Network. Stay tuned for frequent updates as training camp gets underway because we're going to have a lot to talk about, a lot to tell you. The fun is about to resume.